Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. And I am Gordon. Now, you told me to reach into my pocket for something. What am I supposed to be doing reaching into my pocket for? Well, you're actually reaching for reach in your pocket. I'm reaching for reach in my pocket. Because this is a family program, I will not follow that any further, but okay. Good choice. Should be reaching for reach. Oh, I see. I got it. You mean something like a teleconverter, I think. Yes, I do mean a teleconverter. Okay. So... I'm going to assume that a teleconverter is a common word in the photographic world and one which is associated with various degrees of understanding. I think you're right. Again, it's something that could use further elaboration in your inimitable fashion. So let's go back to basics. Like what really is this teleconverter thing we bandy around so easily? Well, as we often quote Ms. Julie Andrews, <laughs> the beginning is a very good place to start. Do oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no, wait, that's a different scale entirely. The teleconverter <laughs> is a lens. However, it's a very special lens, special, that is used along with another lens in order to deliver its value. So a device that I mount on my camera body and to which I mount another lens. My understanding is that as a lens, it's unique in that by itself, it's useless, but it comes into its own and shines when used in conjunction with compatible lens. Now, why would I do this? And more to the point, why would I spend the money on one of these things? Fair question. A teleconverter is an optically correct device that multiplies the working focal length of a lens by the magnification number of the teleconverter. The common numbers we find in teleconverters today are 1.4 times or 2 times. So if I were to use a 2 times teleconverter on a 7200 lens, it effectively becomes a 140 to 400 millimeter lens. And if I mount my frequently used 40 to 150 with a point for teleconverter, it becomes a 56 millimeter to a 210 millimeter, and or if I use my 300, it becomes 420. So, so far, this seems too good to be true. So, in the absence of there being a free lunch, uh, let's look at the cons of using one of these. Well, I appreciate you saying that there's no free lunch. Yep. Because as always, we should show respect to the great science fiction authors of yore. <laughs> or Mr. Robert Heinlein said, Tanstaffel. 
There ain't Pans- no such thing as a free lunch. Panstuffle. Panstuffle. It's your word for the week. The first con is you have to pay for it. You have to buy one. And then you have to wrap your head around the fact that as the magnification increases, in terms of the teleconverter you choose, so decreases the amount of light will get to the sensor. Consequently, a 1.4 times teleconverter will reduce the light coming through the lens teleconverter combination by about 1.4 stops. And the two times teleconverter mounted to a lens will reduce the light falling on the sensor by about two stops. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a drawback. So my 300 millimeter f4 lens with the 2x teleconverter becomes a 600 millimeter. But my 40 to 150, 2.8, becomes a 5.6. So there is a perception thing for me that shooting a 600 millimeter lens at f8 seems like an unacceptable loss of light. But somehow shooting a 40 to 150 at 5.6 seems less onerous. But attaching a 1.4 gives me a little less reach, but more light. And my perception, valid or otherwise, probably leads to me to the reasons why I don't have a 2x teleconverter. Everything you say is correct. But don't forget that as a Micro Four Thirds user, the angle of view that you get in that 600 mil with a two times converter is the same angle of view that someone with a full frame camera would need to have a 1200 millimeter lens for. That's a huge value proposition in a small lightweight package, particularly for those little birds that you enjoy photographing. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that don't sit still till, yes, they, till you say stop. <laughs> I think the other op- option or another way of looking at that is if I were to crop into the frame, thereby tightening the angle of view, but if I th- crop into one quarter of the frame size, what happens to the other three quarters of the frame of data? Gone. It's gone. Gone to the trash can. So if the price of keeping all the data and getting twice the magnification is only two stops of light, that's a bargain, at least in my opinion. Let's take a look at another example. You know the Sunny 16 rule, so why don't you explain it? Sunny 16. Well, on a cloud-free sunny day, your shutter speed will match your ISO at f16. Exactly. That's why we call it Sunny 16. So you've got a nice light lens that is effectively a 600 millimeter. Let's suppose that you were to choose a shutter speed of 1 600th of a second. What would your ISO be at f16? 600. Right. Because they match? Because they match. Now suppose you wanted a shutter speed of a 2,000th of a second because those little birds are very flighty. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Same light. Same light. Same Same, everything else. Same everything else. What would your ISO be? 2,000. The ISO would be 2,000. Right. And 
Yeah, my camera still makes pretty good images at ISO 2000. All the background noise about high ISO and micro voltage. At 2000, you're getting something very decent. Are you saying and, that all the noise about noise is just no, noise? All the, all the noise about noise is just noise. And from your dissertation on the Sunny 16, I have just learned a useful real-world application of the Sunny 16 rule. Because I knew it, but I hadn't really translated it into something functional. And given the focal length and shutter speed, I would have no concerns about shooting at that. Excellent. This informs us that with modern sensors, we can have very tight angles of view while maximizing depth of field and still get great images, even when we lift the ISO. So, in my opinion, the light loss, the con, is outweighed by all the positives, all the benefits that we get in this consideration by using the teleconverter. Okay, well, that's one frequently mentioned con that's been put to rest, or should be anyway. Another reservation that I have heard mentioned is the degradation or softening of an image, because, gasp, we are using more glass. And the connoisseurs of lenses get hostile over the question of is a 1.4 as good as or better than a 2x? Uh, so one is good, the other one's awful. So what's your opinion on the degradation issue? Although we should state up front that there are good, more expensive teleconverters out there, and then there are the others. We won't discuss the others because it's not worth the trouble. Well, I have to agree with you in that regard about the others. So let's think about that subject of degradation. The real question that I think is relevant is how much degradation there is. Not a qualifier, but a quantifier, followed by a very simple question. Can you see it? Mm -hmm. Oh, there is X degradation. Awesome. Can you see that? No? Then it's not relevant. But we know, just as you said, every time you add another air glass air transition zone, you're going to lose some small amount of sharpness and contrast. However, if you act like a responsible adult in your editing and never zoom in more than one time's life size when judging your for print images and place yourself at the proper viewing distance for a print, or even for your screen, you won't see these tiny losses, and they're readily addressed in post-processing if you're really freaked out about them. Mm -hmm. Regular viewers will never see any deficiency with a major brand teleconverter. But I hear people complaining about the loss of sharpness, especially with the 2X converters. You're right, you do. Sadly, the problem in those cases in the chair not in the camera bag or the computer. In the technology space, we used to call this pebkin. Problem exists between keyboard and chair. <laughs> Many people zoom into three times or greater life size, and then they press their noses against the display. 
they forget that displays are inherently low resolution, even the very expensive 5K Apple displays. Far less resolution than the sensor or the lenses themselves. The practice is stupid and self-defeating, but so it goes. An edit for print that produces a high-quality print, when viewed at proper viewing distance, will also look just fine, because even then, the print is much lower resolution than the sensor or the lens. In fact, I did the math on this. If you have a 27-inch diagonal display, mm -hmm. and it's 4K, right? it's 164 dots per inch. Per inch. It doesn't matter. Your sensor Way is about more. 30 times that. Yep. So it's bogus. Okay. So can't see it, doesn't matter. And I have to admit that uh, looking at stuff I've put, I've shot with my 1.4 on uh, 4150 uh, micro four thirds, it is tax sharp. Now, it may not be tax sharp, but I sure as hell can so, so it is effectively tax sharp. It's tax sharp. So one disadvantage I knew about but didn't pay much attention to is the fact that changing or adding a teleconverted field in the field was awkward and time-consuming. And no one really disputes this. But enter the gods of innovation and also enter the built-in teleconverter, which I know is available on the 150-400 Olympus Super Zoom. I looked it up yesterday, and apparently there are a number of other manufacturers that, that are adding a built-in teleconverter to their Super Zooms. And I am completely flummoxed as to how any of this works. And how flipping a switch gives me another 400 millimeters of lens. My Google search was told me what lenses had it, but it doesn't really tell me how you can hide a whole lens inside another lens and take it in and out without being aware of it. And that, the way it's been described to me is that this, this is God's answer to everything that we've got. Well, you're correct that there are other manufacturers, both Nikon and Canon, have built lenses that have a built-in teleconverter. I don't recall whether it was a 1.4 or a 2 times, and I'm not a lens engineer. I've never torn one down, so I don't know how they're doing it. But I concur. If you can afford the eleven dollars or $12,000 for that 2 to 400 zoom yeah. lens with the built-in teleconverter... Yeah, that, 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 well, that was the other thing that blew me away. I'm, I'm looking at my uh, zoom lenses or my long lenses, and I'm saying, okay, two grand, this, this is getting up here. And then I saw the prices of the other ones and said, maybe it's not getting quite far that far up. Yeah, I, I concur that there's an enormous amount of convenience to having a teleconverter built in. And I'll grant them the likelihood that it's a good job, even mm -hmm. if I don't know how they're doing it. Right. These are reputable manufacturers, but I, I think I think it's 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 a great thing to have. I mean, the wildlife photography stuff that I've seen, where they've had this and they've 
can't get enough reach, and then they flip this little switch, and suddenly they got enough reach. While they're lying on their bellies, uh, you know, up to six inches of mud, I'm saying, this is okay. Yeah, and I suspect if you are getting paid to make those images, that helps fund that very expensive lens, that makes great sense to me. Yep. But for most of us, I think that we would find that expense to be outside the realm of practicality. Absolutely. Now, I don't find putting on the teleconverter to be all that arduous. It's in my pocket. Right. In my case, it's typically in one of the top two pockets of a photo vest. So even if I am lying down, <laughs> which means <laughs> I won't be getting up anytime soon, I can still reach it without having to get up. And I can take a teleconverter from a pocket, remove the front and rear caps one-handed, right. press the release button on the camera, unlock the lens, remove it with my left hand, right. put the teleconverter on with my right hand, put right. the lens on the teleconverter with my left hand, and yes, I will have burned maybe 30 or 40 seconds to right. get that done. Is it as convenient as flipping a switch? Not at all. Is it worth six to $8,000? Yes, it is. <laughs> but that's me. Everybody's yeah. different. Right. So, like you said, it's a, it's a small lens. It's a, And you get the benefit of carrying a 300-millimeter lens and a 600-millimeter lens without any major increase in weight and bulk. Hey, win-win. I, I, I agree. And that's why we talk about having reach in your pocket. The, the reason I, I find this really useful is because the uh, OM system doesn't really make a longer prime lens. It does have a longer lens in a zoom. But I, like I said, I looked at the price of that and uh, that, that's way out of my reach. So this gives you this huge advantage of Two, two lenses, two lenses, no weight, weight increase, win-win. So that's another benefit. Mm -hmm. You get that angle of view that you couldn't get with any other lens because that lens doesn't exist. Yeah. So but what are you saying about that pocket thing? <laughs> okay. So a teleconverter is a very small thing. The two times is bigger than the 1.4, as one might expect. But it's still no larger than a standard lens. So you don't find it uncomfortable carrying it in no, I don't. As, a, as a thing in your donkey vest. It's about as big as a 51.8 in my case, and probably about the same size as a 25.18 in your case. Right. So, no, it's, it's not a big thing. And I do have a donkey shooting vest because, for me, that's more convenient than taking off the backpack and putting it on the ground. Right. Opening the cover and finding stuff and leaving something behind, right. invariably. So carry one in each of the two chest pockets. The weight's minimal, and I have a lot of flexibility in my reach without a lot of bulk and weight. Right. So to summarize uh, the above discussion, a good teleconverter allows you to carry the equivalent of a single long lens plus one or two longer lenses without the associated weight or bulk. We've referred to this before. A good t uh, teleconverter will also increase your focal length coverage without breaking the bank. Overall, I am going to say 
I get the impression that you highly recommend the use of, well, the use and owning of teleconverters in general. I do. There are caveats, of course. First off, you can't mount a wide-angle prime or wide-angle zoom on a teleconverter because they won't fit together, and if you did, you'd be breaking the rear element of the lens and the front element of the teleconverter. Right. You would have to fit them together using a vise or a hammer. So that would be pointless. But then again, why would you want to multiply the focal length of a wide-angle lens by two? Uh, no. You wouldn't. And I would suggest you only get a teleconverter if you cannot get the reach that you want out of what you have. There's no point in owning something you're not going to use. Owners of giant telephoto lenses rarely use those giant lenses all the time because of bulk and weight. And you have experienced that firsthand with me and a 500 <laughs> F4 in the passenger seat of your car. A teleconverter can get you that angle of view for less weight and a lot less money. I think that's a benefit. But when you do buy the teleconverter, buy the teleconverter made by your camera maker. Bad and cheap are bad and cheap. There is no other alternative to that. There are some real dung heaps sold in some of the big box and warehouse stores. It's a lens, so you do get what you pay for, and you don't want to spend on the lens equivalent of a truck full of manure. <laughs> With really long, effective focal lengths, remember, it's a long lens now. You're going to have to probably use a tripod, a monopod, or some form of bracing, because micro-shake by you will cause more sharpness issues than any teleconverter ever will. It's common sense, which, as we both know, is increasingly uncommon because unfortunately decent folks believe some marketing lies or they may make assumptions without actually learning the facts which is what we tried to share today right okay so i see the points of all this should raise uh, or oh, not raise but mention that I don't know about other camera systems but i know that uh, my camera system the olympus uh, micro four thirds. They have a 1.4 and they have a 2x, but those converters will not work on all their lenses. That's correct. They have a limited number uh, of lenses that are compatible with the with the teleconverter. So you should make yourself aware of that before purchasing them. I don't know about the Nikon and, Cam and Canons. It would be exactly the same for Nikon and Canon. And what you'll find, if you do, as you propose, consult the compatibility list, you'll find wide angles and zooms with wide angle capability, 2470s, 24105s. In the case of full frame, 14 to 50s. In the case of micro four thirds, yeah, not going to work with a teleconverter. Right. Because they're wide angle and because the rear element of that lens actually projects into Sticks the camera so the back, yeah. Okay, so I see the points, and in the end, I guess it boils down to whether a photographer uses a teleconverter or not is up to the individual person. Uh, try them ahead of time if you wish. Determine whether the sharpness that you're getting 
uh, does not exceed what you think your requirements are, if the speed issues are manageable, and the title does in fact say it all. Reach could be in your pocket. And on that note, thank you for listening. I am Gordon. And I am Ross. If you do shop at B&H Photo Video, please do so through the link on our site. It costs you nothing, and it helps support the channel. Until next time, peace.